as we begin this morning in the name of the Lord. On this amazing day where we celebrate all over the world the death of our Savior. It's the day that is very close to our hearts because we are your people. And we shall always remember, always remember what he Wa tumela indota naya koingo suje sukuba asfeles pambanwe. We will always celebrate. So as we come this morning, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for revelation. We thank you for the anointing. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen. Family, we greet you. It's good to see you. We will meet again after what the president announced yesterday. And uh, I want to encourage you, Bazalwan, let us let us pray. One thing I can assure you of, Guti, the world will never be the same again. Things will not be the same again. Personally, I have made a decision that I am going to spend more time in prayer than I ever did in my entire life. Uh, one of my commitments, Guti, after this lockdown, I must emerge out of it a different person. So, okay. Let us pray. Let's pray more than we've ever done before. To draw closer to Him. We are always aware in advance because the spirit of prophet of prophecy is in us. So, so we need to prepare ourselves in advance. Amen. So, okay, we are celebrating Bazalwane Umkoswe Pasik. Namshanje, Gokjoy Legile, Melengabe, Kutwele in Taba, Namataf. Every church, every denomination, People preparing to celebrate uh, Passover. So it is an important event in the life of the church. And um, you remember when he was crucified on the cross, he made seven powerful statements when he laid on the altar. The cross was an altar. Normally we don't look at it that way, but I want you to know, Uguti, the cross of Jesus was an altar. So, we are going to discuss uh, those statements that he made when he was in pain, in terrible pain, on that cross. 
Those are powerful statements because often when someone is in pain, they can change their story. When someone is under pressure, their entire testimony can be changed in one moment of pain. So, after having done everything he did, amazing life, 33 and a half years, three and a half years spent ministering to the people and serving his father. But now everything is boiling down to what is going to happen in his last moments of tremendous pain. Is he going to stay true to his testimony? We've heard of people at the barrel of a gun when they are told to either deny Jesus and be saved or affirm him and be killed. They've changed in that moment. Now, everything they had done before, Yonkim Sibinzemiche, is cancelled right at that last hurdle. So, Ujesu is hanging on the cross, is lying on the altar. And number two, what is the condition of his heart when he dies? Because he had been uh, abused, he, has, he had been provoked, he had been insulted, he had been ditched by those who were close to him. It was not just a matter other people did that after him. The 12 disciples, the 11 disciples were also crucified. But his crucifixion was going to be important because it was not only going to be him just dying on the cross, but what is the condition of his heart when he dies? So okay, let us preface our message this morning, Bazalwan. Go Matthew chapter 1. Before we go into the last seven words that he declared, we are watching as if we are there. We want to hear very carefully. Because we have seen in Palestine that others on the verge of being stoned, they rejected him. Now it's his turn. What is he going to do? What is he going to say? Now, in Matthew chapter 1, uh, verses 20 to 21, the Bible says, While he, talking about Joseph, thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Now listen to this last statement, because the last statement I'm about to read was the mission of Christ on earth. The angel says to Mary, for he will save his people from their sins. The angel speaks 
to Mary giving us an idea of what was the Lord's mission on earth. Now finally his mission has come. Logo kwakshwe many things have happened as we read in the synoptic gospels the four gospels we have seen what he has done now finally the moment of truth arrives the moment of truth comes it's a reality for him to save the world now like i have said before it was going to be very important in what condition of heart of spirit and his mind was his mind aligned with the will of god even because it was obvious bazalwanoguti by this time he was not going to come down from the cross so now they are crucifying him they have crucified him but it is important that we dwell in this issue of the condition of his heart while he is up there now six times mashanda is topa jesus had been provoked to quit the mission six times in scripture he's um, prevailed upon they tried at least to convince him to ditch the mission abort the mission leave the mission o peter was one of them was the first one he tried to talk him out convince him talk him out of the cross but he failed little bible but jesus turned and said to peter get behind me satan you are an offense to me so he passes that one but there are five more uh attempts to talk him out of the cross number 2 o pilato he tried he says to him do you not know ekulumano jesu do you not know that i have the power to crucify you and power to release you what a temptation here stands a man in front of me who can release me even if i end up not going to the cross i will then put it down as an excuse to the fact that an authority in the land delivered me from the cross but jesus was determined not to abort the mission sandalas tat eh ensemini yasek getsemane the devil tried through distress and much heaviness of spirit little bible he prayed until his uh, he was in distress until the very uh, sweat the drops of his sweat became as if they were blood too much stress on his emotions one of the two robbers remember the two robbers on the crosses he was in the middle there were these two robbers one of them he mocks him he says if you are the christ come down from that cross you remember also those who were walking past walking by the bible says mocked him 
You remember also the Bible talks about the high priest, the sixth one, provoked him and challenged him, saying, if he is the king, let him come down from the cross. Now, six times Jesus has been provoked, but let me tell you, family, the enemy had one last chance. As much as Ujesu was already on the cross, the enemy had one last chance, seven, which is a number of perfection. They would have tried seven times and failed. The seventh one was the enemy's last attempt. And the entire universe stood still for that one. What was it? What was Jesus going to say when he hung on the cross? Many have hung. We know in the 18th century and 17th century, in the centuries past, what they called a, a post. Some would kiss at that point in time and reject him. At the moment of extreme pain now, that is the last chance they have. The condition, now they know he is not going to come down. He is not going to call a legion of angels to come and rescue him. He is determined, I'm going to do this. But, not outwardly, but inwardly. The final handle is his forgiving spirit. Remember what Jesus had been had. Number one, Judas Iscariot, he sold him out. He was had. Remember the 11 disciples rejected him. They ran away. They left him alone except one called John, the beloved. Jesus had been hurt. The Roman soldiers who had beaten him, not only just crucifying him, it had been a journey. Them ridiculing, plucking his beard out, calling him, spitting at him, calling him names, punching him. Jesus had been humiliated before the crucifixion. Remember the multitudes who had followed him. Now those people also turned against him because they were amongst those who shouted. They said, crucify him. Crucify him, they said. Now his heart is important now because after having been uh, rejected, after having been deserted, after having been cut off by those who were close to him, on that altar called the cross must be pure and must be perfect. Now, I imagine in the heavens, by this time there's serious tension, serious tension. And the Bible says the Lord Jesus opens his mouth. In that tremendous pain which we cannot describe in human language. The Bible says the Lord Jesus opens his mouth in Luke 23 verse number 34. 
If you can turn with me, family, uh, the book of Luke, Gospel of Luke, chapter 23, verse number 34. The Bible says, then Jesus said, now when, when, when he begins to move his lips, everything in the universe comes to a standstill because it's going to be important what he says. We are holding on, wanting to hear. What is he saying? Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Forgive them, for they do not know what they do. When Jesus said those words, Bazalwan, those words, forgive them, immediately they created a spiritual bridge between heaven and earth, between God and man. To the extent that ever since, nothing is ever done in the spirit. There is no transaction between the spirit realm and the earth realm that does not go through that bridge. For us to be able to receive anything from the dimension of the spirit, for God to release anything to us and for us to be able to communicate with the supernatural realm of God, we have to cross that particular bridge. Nothing moves in the spirit without forgiveness. Nothing. Nothing moves in the spirit without forgiveness. When he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Immediately in the spirit realm, a bridge is created now. It's going to be possible for man to commune with God and God to commune with man. What you saw, what is called the Jacob's ladder in the Old Testament. Now, this becomes a Jacob's ladder, if you will, because now man will be able to communicate with heaven. So, Bazalwan, if your altar does not have the voice of forgiveness coming out of it, it is an illegitimate altar. It does not matter how long we pray. It does not matter how many hours we invest. If there is no voice of forgiveness coming out of the altar, your altar must have the voice of forgiveness. What does that mean? It means every time uh, I am hurt, whatever. I know you have gone through so much pain, some of you. Some of us have had to forgive through tears. But if you understand this principle, that nothing moves in the spirit. You cannot bypass the bridge of forgiveness. For us to have a relationship, he must forgive us. He must forgive us. For us to experience the life that he wants us to have, we must forgive others. Because the, Jesus said, if I cannot forgive my neighbor, he also cannot forgive me. So let us ensure as we move on to the next word, let us ensure that out of our altars, I know that we are building strong altars as families, but your altar must have the voice of forgiveness coming out of it. 
Without forgiveness, there is no altar that exists on planet Earth. Now, the second statement that Jesus makes is found in Luke 23, verse number 43. Luke 23, 43. Mam Kabashi will help me with time because we need to constrain ourselves uh, within the time that we have given ourselves. She will just keep on whispering to me. Luke 23, verse 43. The Bible says, Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. I say to you, today, you. Because we understand through this statement, this pronouncement of the Lord, Oguti Evangeli. Uh, it's a personal issue. It reveals to us a, the personal nature of salvation. There were two of them there. Two robbers on either side of the Lord. And uh, he addresses, he's very specific because it's only one of them who speaks to him in a language of the kingdom that warrants for him to go with the Lord to a paradise when he dies. So when the Lord Jesus responds to him, he does not uh, respond in plurality of language. He says, I say to you, if Jesus had power, he would actually point at him. But he was nailed to the cross. I have a feeling that he even tried to turn his head a little bit just to show Uguti of the two, which one he was referring to. The Tipaipeli, you remember how personal this thing is. The Tipaipeli go at and they were judged, each one, each one, according to his works. All of us will have to stand before the Lord, who Jesus, as he hung on the cross, he reminds us, he gives us a very important pillar in the gospel. Uguti, salvation is a personal issue. It's not a group project. Every person, Ujesu, must be able to say, Ujoshua, Kulevai, Kunandi, Uguti, I say to you, to you, not to all of you, to you specifically. So let us know that today Jesus is speaking. He wants a response. Jesus has got no grandchildren. He will say to you too, I say to you, you shall be with me in paradise. So, it is, it is a, 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 a personal issue. I must dig my own well for the glory of God 
in Jesus' name. So I want to ask you something before I move as we start. What is the Lord saying to you today? If you were to die tonight, if everybody listening to me were to die tonight, is Jesus in your eternity? What is he saying to each one as you listen to me right now? If he gets personal with you, if he separates you from billions of people all over the world, as he separates you from people at care, I say to you, you shall be with me in paradise. start. John chapter 19 verse 26 to verse number 27. John chapter 19 verse 26 to verse number 27. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. In his pain, remember all of these statements are not flowing statements. They are not articulated in a smooth manner. They have gaps in between because of the size, sigh and agony and pain. So when I read it, I read it very freely as if he, he was comfortable saying these things. These were issued, the speech of blood in between and pain here and there as he had to be in agony as he said those words. Now in his pain, it is important as much as he was in pain when he looks down through the blood in his eyes, he sees the pain of his mother and he feels the pain and the brokenness of Maria. So, Ukufaguga Jesu was not going to destroy and hurt other people. It was only meant to destroy the enemy. So, in his death, he was not going to allow for his death to cause pain and to cause destruction uh, to those who loved him. He was not going to leave his mother despondent and broken. In his pain, he saw the pain of others. In his state of excruciating pain, never experienced on earth before, he saw the pain of his mother. Now, I want you to understand whatever that he did, Whatever that he said, the life that he lived, somehow gives us a picture of the life that we can live. In our pain, I know that you go through so much, yet we learn from him that also in our pain, from time to time, it must not blind us to the pain of those around us. Sometimes even our relatives, you find that their level of pain is is so extreme that we we cannot even see the pain of my of my of my aunt, the pain of my uncle, the pain of my sister, the pain of my cousin. 
Jesus in his pain, he still saw the brokenness and the pain of others. Mam Kabashi will tell me exactly how much time we have so that we can carry on in Jesus name. Amen. All right, Mam Kabashi would we have 7 minutes and then after these 7 minutes if I don't get done, we will then go to another session and she will send another link but let's go to Israelesine in Matthew Mark chapter 15. verse number 34 mark 15 verse number 34 to bible and at the ninth hour jesus cried out with a loud voice saying eloi eloi lama sabachthani which is translated my god my god why have you forsaken me if you read the book of um, second corinthians chapter 5 over 21 little bible who jesus became sin not only that to jesus what twice saw no he became it he was a physical representation of his son now that is at that time when god looked away because by his very nature in his holiness He does not cast his gaze upon that which is holy irrespective that he was his son the bible says he became sin at that moment beloved saints the presence of heaven the presence of god left him when he became sin the presence of god left him and uh, now he must face death on his own when he felt the presence leaving him he begins to sense this thing and the darkness coming upon him and he says my god my god why have you forsaken me nkulunkuluwami nkulunkuluwami ongishiyelani na it is when the presence leaves him when he understands that god has left him it's not when he's, he, he, he he loses his car when he loses his house when he loses whatever that we consider in our lives you and i is important he reveals a very important mystery and truth here the most important thing in the life of a believer is the presence it is only when the presence leaves me that i can only say the lord god has left me as long as i have the presence whatever the devil takes away it shall be restored whatever loss i may experience as long as i have the presence of god i can have it regained and restored in jesus name it's only the presence it's only when the presence leaves where i can say lord Why have you forsaken me? Uh welcome back family. Thank you. We are going now to go to the Isri uh, Lesthano. Let's turn now to the Gospel of John. Gospel of John chapter 
verse number 28. The Gospel of John, chapter 19, verse number 28. The Bible says, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now, this is important because in the Gospels, uh, in the same book, Gospel of John, chapter 7, tell Jesus, Shumaela, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and let the one who believes in me drink. Let everyone who comes to me, let everyone who is thirsty, he said, come to me and let the one who believes in me drink. Now suddenly, Bazalwani, on the cross, the spring of living waters is now empty. The fountain of life, the very stream where all streams flow is now empty as dried up. The well of life has dried up. Jesus emptied himself completely withholding nothing so that you and I could experience life on earth. Because he emptied himself as a well, the well, the fountain, the stream, the very flow, the source of living waters, because he emptied himself to the point of saying, I thirst. When we get born again, when the anointing of the Holy Ghost comes upon us, there is a replenishing of that emptying which he experienced himself on the cross. It's like he wants to pay back to the enemy through us. He wants us to be a well. He wants us to be a fountain that never dries up. He wants us to be a river that flows that flows to our families, that flows to our communities, a river that never dries up because it is fed from heaven. We shall never dry up as long as the source of life comes through, as long as we allow him to flood us with his presence. So he empties himself. He declares, I thirst. Because he had emptied everything, caught everything, put everything on the floor so that when you and I get born again, we shall be enriched. Remember the Bible says he, he became poor on the cross so that through his poverty, we might become rich. Often when we talk about that scripture is always in relation to finances. But Jesus became poor on the cross in all aspects. That's why the Bible says God turned away. He emptied himself so that when we, through his blood and through faith in him, give our lives and believe in who he is, we shall be a fountain that never dries up. So 
Even as we say this word, Bazwana, I am trusting God even as we declare this in Jesus' name. That Father, we thank you that our life on earth is a life of blessing. We are fountains of life. We are rivers that flow in Jesus' name. We are blessings. We are streams that flow in Jesus' name into other people. Let there be a flow. Let there never be a time when we declare we are empty. We are without because of the presence of the living God. So, Father, we speak this word. And we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, as long as we are here, we shall flow. We shall be conduits and instruments through which you can even flow into other people's lives. In Jesus' name, you said, out of our belly shall be rivers of living water. In Jesus' name, family. Amen. Now, as we move on, in John chapter 19, the gospel of John chapter 19, verse number 30. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. I remember one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is Matthew 7, verse number 7. I love Matthew 7, verse 7. In that particular scripture, Otu Jesu asked, And eat will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. So whatever it is that you are trusting God for, Jesus has paid for it. Whatever it, my it, IT, will be different from yours because your need may not be the same as my need. But where it says it, you put whatever need in that particular place, that is finished. When he says it's finished, in other words, he's saying, I've taken care of it. It's complete. It is accomplished. It is finished. Whatever you are trusting God for, of course, it was not only that. The entire mission was complete. The entire mission, he had come to earth for, remember the angel had said, he had come to save the world from their sin. But he says here, it is finished. Consider it done. When he went on the cross, he paid for anything that we will ever need in this life with his own blood. So it is not right to live like an orphan when your father is a multi-billionaire and has paid for everything that you will ever need in this life. Remember, Bazalwan, our needs are not only physical. When I pray, normally when I pray for resources, my eat, it's resources spiritual, it's the anointing, it's favor, 
It's grace. It's mercy. It's, it's, it's the power of God. And there are resources, material, which is finances, which is um, personnel. It's people that God brings to us so that they can work with us in fulfilling his vision. Amen. So the, 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 the resources are, 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 are plenty as it's many of them. So whatever it is that you are trusting God for, that is finished. All we must do is to go to him and say, Father, thank you that you paid for my healing. You've already paid for my breakthrough with your own blood. You have already paid for me to experience peace in my soul. You have already paid for anything that will ensure that I fulfill your mandate on earth. Looking right, feeling right, not worried about a whole lot of things. It is finished. It is. So when we pray concerning anything, we pray with that idea in mind, Uti, the check has been signed. The check has been signed. We go in prayer. We go to the altar. We go to the closet. Being uh, uh, governed by that word, Jesus has accomplished everything for me. His uh, blood was the monetary, what do we call it, the commodity with which he paid for everything that I will ever need. Let us move on, Bazwane, but remember that whatever it is, Jesus Christ has paid for it. Amen. Now, Luke chapter 23, as we move on to Isles Kombisa together as a family, Luke 23, verse number 46. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. The Bible says, having said this, he breathed his last. In this verse, Bazalwana, Jesus dies. Jesus dies. Now, always be careful not to take these things for granted. My mind is very graphic. So the way I relate with the word is more probably different from how you relate with the word. When the Bible says, Jesus breathed his last, I see it. I visualize it. I see it in my mind. I see the sadness in the eyes of Mary who had carried him for nine months when he drops his head and he breathed the last breath and he is no more. From that point onwards, family, he would never be seen doing anything he did before the way he did it before. From that point onwards, he was going to hand over the baton to those who, were, who would follow him, 11 of whom were not even at the foot of the cross. But the Bible says Jesus dies. When he died, Bazalwan, he took the entire world with him. 
He took the entire world with him. In actual fact, that scripture, he breathed his last. He committed his spirit into the hands of the Father. If you read other synoptic gospels, he committed his spirit into the hands of the Father. So he, he takes the entire world with him as, his, he, as he comes out of the body. The whole universe, those who were alive at the time, those who had come before him, and those who would come into the future. He delivers all of us, Ujesu, and he commits us into the hands of the Father. We were his mission. We were his very reason why he came. He didn't have to come. He came from glory, in splendor of heaven, in eternity past, where there is no pain, where there is no sin, where there was no one to provoke him. But he chose. He chose to come. Because God loved the human race so much. God the Son identified with the love God the Father had for the human race. He saw his Father's love and his Father's love compelled him to come and become a lamb and become seen on the cross. He became a son on the cross. So he takes us, Bazalwan, to the hands of the Father, and he declares, Father, mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. From that time, it will be up to those who would listen and hear the story as told. Remember, at the time, even the Bible as we know it today was not written. So whoever would come from that point onwards, they would have to believe that he, in the, without having seen the dynamics around the cross, everything that he went through, his, his facial expression on his face, all those who would come, they would have to connect through faith. They would have to believe that he, indeed he finished the mission. Indeed he died for our sin as a generation. Indeed Jesus paid the ultimate price. Indeed his blood is better than any other blood. It was going to be up to those who would come. Future generations to place their faith in him. This is why in John 3, 16, I love verse 17. I know that we know verse 16 a lot, but let's start from verse 16, which you know. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Then verse 17 says, For God did not send his son to the world to condemn or to judge the world, but that the world might have life through him. Amen. So everybody who is born into the earth today through a woman has a task to choose whether everything that Jesus came to accomplish, our disadvantage which actually is not, when I'm going to explain it to you, 
is that we were not physically present to engage him, to see what he did. We were not there to see and experience and witness the miracles that Jesus did. But he says, I am not going to leave you. I'm going to send my spirit. So long he called about Let me just finish this way. The generation we are called you and I to preach the gospel to is at the mercy of the people who are called the church today. The generation that we are called to bring into the kingdom, they are at the mercy of the church today because the world, they don't know him. They haven't seen him. They have not experienced what you and I by faith we have been able through faith in Jesus. We look at the word in when we looked at scripture and we heard the word of God preached to us. Kulunkulu gave us the grace to believe him. Now the world out there is at the mercy of the church that if we do not pray, if we do not fill our lives with the presence of God, the Jesus that we know, the Jesus that we have discussed this morning, will become a mystery for those who are still out there. When Jesus died on the cross, he committed his spirit. He committed us to the hands of the Father. All those who live, we either choose to, to stay in the hand or to slip through the fingers. I am trusting God for a company of believers who are going to say, Lord Jesus, your death was not in vain. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Your blood was not in vain. The mission that you accomplished was not in vain. Everything that you experienced was not in vain. You shall receive your inheritance. As long as I live, I will live to ensure that you receive your reward. My life will not compromise the pain that you went through. I will live the rest of my life knowing that I have been died for. That I was the reason why you came. I was the reason why you bled so profusely on the cross. I was, the, I was your project. I was your mission. If I was the only one alive on earth at the time, you would still have come for me. For the Son of God became the Son of Man, that the sons of men can, should they choose to believe, can become the sons of God. God is still reaching out to all of us he wants us to remember the cross daily. This is why he says on the daily basis, carry a cross. The smell of the cross must never lose us. Jesus Bible was a carpenter. When theologians and historians unpack that, they're saying because his destiny and his mission had to do with wood, he had to 
be exposed to the smell of wood on the daily basis. The smell of wood. He had to be acquainted with wood, with the feel of wood. He carried wood from the forest to cut it and make it into whatever that he made as a carpenter. Today, as his people, we have been called to serve him. We are people of the cross. It's not just Jesus who was the man of the cross, but as he called on a daily basis, we lay our life down daily. We pick up our crosses daily as individuals and we carry the cross every single day. Something must be nailed to that cross of yours every single day. Something must be nailed to that cross of mine every single day. There must be something nailed to my cross every day. My arrogance must be nailed every day. My pride must be nailed every day. My unforgiveness must be nailed every day. This is what repentance is about. Repentance is about nailing things to that cross that I carry every day. To say that I refuse to live my life with these things uh, following me. Everything. On each and every day. A grain of seed does not go into the ground and die. The Bible says it remains alone. But if it is buried and it dies, it bears much more. Jesus dies on the cross. It becomes a seed. Now through that seed, a multi forest is going to come. Because people like you and I are going to fall in love with the Lamb in 2020 and begin to pursue Him with tears and begin to fall on our faces and we begin to live our lives with our faces facing the ground. And we are going to cry out and say, yes, Lord, your blood was for me in the 20th, in the 21st century, in the year 2020. Yes, you have a holy breed. There is a generation that seeks after you. Yes, your wounds. Yes, your whatever that you experienced on the cross was not in vain. A generation of people is coming up. He was planted by God the Father as a seed in the ground. But yes, a multi-forest is coming up of people who are in love with God. Of people who are full of glory. People who want nothing else but to have the image of the sun upon them. People who have decided that, Lord, my life counts for nothing without you. I live to be an extension of your will. I live on earth to be an extension of your heart. I am here to worship. I was created for your pleasure. I was created for your will. I was created 
for your glory. So today, Barcelona, even as you watch, as you have tuned in this morning and connected, I want you to know the seed was planted and God the Father is looking to reap a mighty harvest, a harvest of people who look like him, a harvest of people who have no agenda, a harvest of people who appreciate the price that he paid, a caliber of people who appreciate the investment that God made. My prayer this day's family is that, oh God, invest in me, invest in me, your spirit, invest in me the treasures of heaven. Let my life not be a waste, but Father God, reap, make a withdrawal out of my life because your son died on the cross for me, for my family, and for this generation. Let there be a withdrawal that you make on my life. When you come to this fig tree, after having deposited something, after having deposited mercy, after having deposited forgiveness, after having deposited grace, after having deposited everything that you had, withholding nothing, when you come to make a withdrawal out of my life, or oh, find something, so find something that you can wave even at the devil to say it was worth it. To say my sacrifice, my giving of my son was not in vain. My seed, my investment, my deposit was not in vain. I gave him whatever that you, you, you pull out of my spirit, whatever that you pull out of my life, let it give you comfort. Let whatever God pulls out of our hearts, whatever God pulls out of our lives, let it give him comfort. Let it, let it, let it give him relief. Let it wipe tears off his eyes because the Bible says he looked away and Jesus shouted, Lord, why have you forsaken me? In the movie, The Passion, a tear is seen falling. I imagine that the Lord must have had tears falling. My life, when he makes a withdrawal, let my life wipe tears off his face to mm. say, Father, mm. your withdrawal, mm. your withdrawal, withdrawal, your withdrawal out of my life, let it give you comfort. Mm. Your investment was not in vain. So, Basalwan says, I pray that you will always remember, always remember, he is so insistent in us remembering what happened to him that even as we enjoyed and as we had communion the other day and we read the scripture to you, it says as often as you do this, do this in remembrance. Never forget that I came for you. The son of God became the son of men that the sons of men could become the sons of God Finally, Bazalwan, he will come on every single day to see if there is fruit out of our lives. He will come every single day to see if he can find something. 
He didn't curse the fig tree, Jesus, because he had hatred. But he, it's his nature. When he sows seed, he expects something out of it. So I pray that even during this weekend, as we celebrate the Passover, let this fill your heart. Let your life be a garden. Let my life be a garden where the word of God is sown and God can come at any given time in the cool of the day to have communion with me. And when he looks around his garden, he can see fruit coming out of my life. It is my duty to keep the garden in good condition. Everything that does not look like him, every weed, it is my responsibility to keep the garden of the lamb clean. He made an investment family. Let us ensure that we give him his inheritance. We give him his reward. Let us pray. Our Father, in the name of Jesus, we have no other prayer, Lord God. We live for you. We were created for your glory. We were created for your splendor. We are your inheritance. We are your people. We don't want to live just for ourselves anymore. But Father, take us into another dimension. Take us, Lord God, into a realm where we understand that there is a withdrawal that heaven is looking to make out of our lives. Bless your people this day. Bless their families. Bless marriages. Touch them, Father. Give them testimonies in Jesus' name. Give them something this morning in the name of Jesus. As families, as individuals, as young people, grandparents, and everybody uh, who is connected today and those who are going to get this message later on.